welcome to the Office 365 Developer Show. I'm your host, Jeremy Thake, the only show focused on Office 365 development, where I talk to the experts from all over the globe coding on the Office 365 platform. For more information on Office 365 development, please visit dev.office.com and follow us on the hashtag Office365Dev. So I'm sitting with uh, the Office 365 developer team right now, which obviously I'm a part of here, and we're sitting in the beautiful, glorious sunshine of Seattle. It's always sunny. <laughs> really? <laughs> this time of the year, yeah. <laughs> um, at, at Lake Bill, we're surrounded by man-eating quick harp, and um, I'm obviously here with CJ and uh, Sonia. So uh, welcome, and thank you for taking the time to be on the show. Thanks thank for you. having us. And uh, CJ, do you want to quickly introduce yourself? Sure, my name is Chris Johnson. Um, I lead the developer and ecosystem team on the Office 365 technical product management team. Uh, or we call ourselves TPMs, technical product management. And um, our team looks after uh, or cares about developers deeply and everything that developers do on our platform, which includes Office 365, Link, Exchange, uh, SharePoint, obviously, and the Office client applications and so forth. And also the ecosystem we consider as all the partners and ISVs and so forth that develop for our platform. Cool. So the team consists of uh, five people in total. Well, sort of four at the moment, and we're trying to... We're, we're, we're filling uh, one gap of a to-be-hired. But um, roughly the structure of the team is... Um, uh, we have uh, yourself, obviously, who looks after professional developer audience... Um, and everything people do with code. Dave Pay, who some of our list, uh, these listeners may uh, may know from the SharePoint world uh, in, in uh, years past, uh, he looks after uh, ISVs and our TAP programs um, that we run with ISVs. I'll let Sonia introduce herself in a second. And then uh, Dean Cleaver, who's just actually moved to the de- Developer and Platform Evangelism Team, or DPE, um, he was looking after the Office Store and uh, apps that ship in the Office Store and all of the marketing and merchandising and commerce that goes behind how we get apps into users' hands. And Sonia, just uh, introduce yourself to the guys. Sure. Hi, I'm Sonia Koptiev, and I'm obviously on the Office 365 dev TPM team and looking after IW tooling and what we're doing as the vNext following after um, InfoPath and how we're going to enable IWs to create solutions in the future. And then um, community-based engagement, not only with our MVPs, but also with the developer community at large um, and anything social. Cool. And uh, obviously, next myself, Jeremy. So I'm, as CJ said, talking about more of the pro-developer side of the house, so looking after most of the developers working inside day in day out Visual Studio, so um, it's a good mix on the team. I guess um, from experience wise, my background, I did three years at a large ISV focused on the SharePoint space as a chief architect, pseudo developer back then, and then prior to that was a consultant um, in Australia. But CJ, where did you, what's your experience in this field of the, the neck of the woods? Um, I started with SharePoint and what was Content Management Server back in 2001. Uh, kind of my first experience with content management server, but that was in the days when I was building software for a um, for a consulting services firm, and uh, then I moved to Microsoft back in New Zealand in um, in late 2002, 
in Microsoft Consulting Services and spent five years there before I moved to Redmond to join the SharePoint engineering team for the uh, what was then Windows SharePoint Services and what became the 2010 release. Uh, and I worked on the application platform team there, so we were building things like the client-side object model, Visual Studio tooling, um, BCS and data integration, virtual lists, or what was called what ended up being called external content types. Um, getting SharePoint running on on the Windows client stack for developers and things like that, um, okay. and then uh, moved to technical product management for SharePoint. Uh, and then in late 2011, I left Microsoft for a two-year hiatus and came back in uh, the beginning of March 2014. So I'm kind of like a I'm a second generation <laughs> Microsofty. I've, I've been back for a second round. So it was a, it was a long break up, but you've managed to warm me. Yeah, well, the first stint was about nine and a half years, I think, and then I took two and a half years off, and now I'm now I'm a, a new recruit again. So it's a it's like a second uh, second time round. <laughs> and how about yourself, Sonia? This wasn't you, you moved to Redmond from New York, right? From New York, yeah. So starting way back when, um, I actually started out as a web developer and then uh, came to Lockheed after I graduated college um, to work in their internal web dev group. And quickly we saw the value of SharePoint 2001 Ooh. when it was on the Exchange Data Store backend. Nice. And I was given the awesome task of uh, creating KPI dashboards for management on that platform. That was fun. Um, and then worked through the various SharePoint uh, versions. Uh, finally, got hired into Microsoft Consulting Services right around 2005 with um, very close to the release of, um, right in the middle of that 2003 between 2007 gap. Um, and then worked as a SharePoint consultant and worked up through the ranks of consulting basically to a SharePoint architect um, with very large Fortune 500 companies. And then Took a stint in people management for services for about two and a half years, so that was a fun little um, detour, if you will. <laughs> and then uh, got my got myself back into the um, technical or closer to the product side. Yeah, yeah. Coming out here last summer um, and joining the TPM team. Yeah, so you're about you got a year ahead of me of moving over from the east coast to the west coast yes. and getting used to this culture. I, I still think the weather's tricking me a little bit. You know, You're going to love it. Yeah, the, the times I've been here with the MVP summits or, you know, dev kitchens where it's been raining in October and November and it's li it literally is beautiful out here right now. So it's uh, it's nice to hear from other people's experiences of moving over. You've been here a long time now. Yeah, I moved in 2007, so I've been here a little while yeah. and uh, the summers are wonderful and, like, campus is, um, campus is a really cool place because... If you've never been here, it's a lot of when I when I first came to the states uh, and visited campus was back in 2001 when I was working in the UK before I joined Microsoft, and I was kind of expecting this big concrete jungle that was closed off to the world, and there were these big sort of guards at a gate with guns stopping you from entering, <laughs> and and that it was a sort of big closed off uh, yeah concrete jungle, and but it's very you know it's not like that at all. It's, it's, it's all very green. The buildings are generally below the tree level, and it's um, it's uh, it's quite a nice spot, really. And yeah. uh, it's definitely not what I expected at all. It's quite yeah. different than what my my pre-visit impression was. Yeah. Mm. And um, so, Sonia, what, what have you been working on? I know, obviously, I joined the team very, very recently, and CJ not so long before for me. But um, there's been a lot of change in the team in terms of how we 
communicate with this audience. So what are the things you've been working on and maybe the guys might not be aware of if they haven't been keeping attention to all the changes and what we've been announcing? Yeah, thanks. Um, extremely, extremely happy to have you and CJ and Dave on board and then TBH. We're very excited to have you. With we should join. just come up with a, like a make-believe name for that new role. <laughs> TBH. TBH is what it is. Yep, we're going to go with that. Um, yeah, because prior to that, we had so many things going on, not a lot of time to focus on them. But um, since you've come on board, really trying to expand our engagement in all, as many channels as we can um, on the social front and just um, in the community front. So other than the user voice site, which we got up and running back in October, um, that's gotten a lot of traction. We've also started engaging on Stack Overflow, which we started right around the January timeframe. So we've got some sponsored tags there that we're watching very closely. Um, definitely upped our activity on Twitter um, and our blog posts, which are now on the blog studoffice.com platform and trying to get more um, engaged on Gammer. As um, you may have seen the announcement last week, we joined uh, the Office 365 technical network. So now that caters to both IT pros and developers. And so really just trying to go where our community is and assist them wherever they are in the process. Yeah, it's been great to see. I mean, that Yammer network was only launched it's going fast. A week, week, two weeks ago. The for adding developers. Yeah, yes. yeah. and um, it, and obviously there was a big grouping of people there from the IT pro side of mm -hmm. the house already. But it's been great to see the adoption and engagement in the developer community already asking those questions. I think one one useful thing that kind of the difference. What's the difference between you know posting on our technical network or posting on Stack Overflow as an yep. example? What, how would you guide people on where they should be posting based on those two? places they can land. Yeah, that's a great question. Again, now that we're everywhere or trying yeah. to be, it's it's hard to discern where you need to go for what. So I would um, I would guide people to say that if you're looking for more of a discussion and more of a Reddit type of conversation around maybe some strategies or some different options when you're developing for Office 365, then definitely go to the Yammer network and um, try to engage others in conversation who may have done this before and who may have experience working with the different API sets or different approaches to developing on the platform. Yeah. And they can give you some hints and pointers. Um, on the other side of that, if you're really looking for an exact answer to an exact technical question or you're trying to troubleshoot something that may not necessarily be working out for you, go to Stack because yeah. you're going to get a much um, broader audience there that can help you with not only um, SharePoint CSOM specific APIs, but definitely a lot more on the REST side and, and different web development based questions, especially now that we're um, very much JavaScript and um, HTML and CSS3 on the front end of a lot of those apps. Yeah, yeah. I think also the, the good indication that, and for those of you who've tried this already, pasting code into Yammer immediately is probably that, oh, this doesn't work very well when you click enter. So, yeah. you know, if, you, if you've got any code snippets, you should really be putting this stuff in stack. And, you know, there's a lot of great conversations happening on the Yammer network already in those groups that we've created. Um, so, yeah, please feel free to pop those questions in there on, uh, or on stack as well from that perspective. Um, I guess, uh, CJ, from the, the user voice angle, where do you see the value in that for people listening? Uh, you know, what, what, why should they engage there? What would be the benefit to them as a, as a member of the community building on top of the platform? Yeah, so user voice was something that we've only recently, like in the last three or four months or so, uh, started investing in. And it's um, it's it's one of the activities we're doing to try and uh, assist in helping or assist in others helping us deliver the right thing, right? So previously in a three-year product cycle, 
we'd we'd scurry away and go build something for two years, usually two to three years of build and and hard work on that, and then we'd come out with a beta, and then and then uh, typically at a beta phase, people would start giving us feedback, and uh, what that meant was that we were getting feedback way too late in the product cycle to have a really significant fundamental impact on the way the product came together, because by the time you're at beta, even though it was a year out from the product shipping as uh, in general availability, um, we'd still be trying to get the quality of the product up and up and up and up and up, and fixing bugs was the primary way of doing that. Um, but it meant that when somebody said, hey, I want you to completely rearrange the pieces of the puzzle, that it was very tough to do and obviously didn't happen uh, as much as people would have liked. Whereas now in a shorter product release cycle where we're moving to you know service-based releases of you know every month almost, then um, we need a better way to take that feedback and integrate it with our development processes. And user voice is, is that uh, vehicle to help us get suggestions um, on what features and what sort of product level things people want to see uh, in the product. So we have two user voice forums or uh, sites that we're, we're, we're uh, taking feedback on specifically at the moment. One is the Office Developer Platform user voice forum. Uh, which is kind of platform-wide features and suggestions, and the other one is around forms. So what we're doing with, what we're doing next with um, with our forms technology uh, on Office 365, and how it relates to what we're doing with InfoPath and things like that. So uh, people can get to those if you if you go to uh, dev.office.com. There's links off there to the for to the user voice forums. But what it basically means is people can go up there and suggest features. Others can vote on it. We can comment on them. We triage them. Um, internally at Microsoft, which means we all sort of sit in a room and go through the suggestions and look at the ones that we know we're going to go and do and work on and then also look at the ones that are new to us and say, hey, that's a really good idea or no, that's, that doesn't fit with our, what, our plans. But um, it's a great way to get feedback in a, more, um, in a more timely manner than the previous old sort of three-year release cycle uh, way of doing things. Yeah. And it actually, funnily enough, the story that I like to tell around this one, because sometimes we're like, yeah, we're listening, we're listening, are they really? Whereas when I was at the ISV, we, we were desperately in need of a people picker. And back when the, in the beta days, we actually kind of rolled our own and wrote our own people picker. And um, back then, I think Sonia was like, well, can you put it in the user voice and we'll get it submitted there and see what engineering does. And then at the SharePoint conference, and obviously it was prior to me joining, you know, they announced the the office widgets where the people picker and the list view controls actually came out for provider hosted. So, you know, there was a an influence there that it was able to get into the hands of our engineering teams to see what what the market needs. And I think for for our team, it's useful because often we'll be in a meeting and people go, well, how how real viable is this? You know, is there really a need? Mm -hmm. And and people listening, you can really help our team by this is really good weight for us to go and push something to engineering that we're hearing in the market and I think hopefully you guys even if you don't have net new ideas go and check out what's in user voice and, and, and vote on what you think is important from your own perspective because someone may have had the idea already that doesn't mean that we don't want your feedback you can you know vote up those mm. things mm. based on your preferences and yes. also feedback on how we're using it right we don't expect to get it right first time and yeah. and so feedback on how we're using those sorts of tools would be really valuable as well and you know we're not pretending to know to know exactly everything about uh, about those tools and, and how it'll best work in the long term so we're keen to hear people's feedback on that too yep and then I guess the other side of the coin is that, we, that uh, Chris mentioned uh, dev.office.com there um, what, what's going on there Sonia I know that's one of your pet projects and 
um, you know, obviously that's been a landing page for a long time. Mm-hmm. And w- what's the kind of the new wave that we're looking at focusing on there? Yeah, we're expanding that site to really be the one-stop shop for everyone and anyone looking to do anything with the Office 365 platform. So uh, the efforts that I'm working on now are really to expand the site to address um, not only the reasoning behind and the justification for building on top of the platform and really the true opportunity for not only developers but ISVs and also enterprises, but also pointing them towards the other um, resources that we have available that you may need to really, um, you know, have your... One note of links open to really get to all the great content that we have, and so what we're trying to do is instead of having that one note notebook of links, is we would actually have um, a great landing page that would um, cater to any developer looking to get on the Office 365 platform. We'll have a link links to all of our resources, uh, downloads to tools, sample code, um, really anything and everything you're looking for on the platform. Yeah. Yeah. So if there's one place that you, you're at a community event or a user group or a conference and people are asking for you know particular links, then um, we highly recommend that dev.office.com is that one URL you give people because you know we, that we really see that as our landing page for pointing them in the direction, no matter what type of things they're building on the platform. Yeah, and one one definitely really important piece of feedback we've heard loud and clear is developers wanting more information about what's coming that affects them and the service. Uh, like what new features and what uh, what changes are coming, so that they can, um, you know, do things like test their code and make sure that it still works, but also know that, hey, this feature is coming in, you know, 90 days time, and uh, they might might want to adjust their plans or make plans to take advantage of it in their apps and and uh, code and so forth. So, something else we're looking at landing on that site uh, and on you know in a public forum is around our roadmap around what's coming for developers and when so that we can help try to address some of those some of that feedback we've had yeah cool and you mentioned about the code samples that's something i've been personally working on is trying to rope in all these great samples that our engineering team and some of our speakers globally have been kind of presenting at conferences but they're not really putting somewhere where they can share and engage with the community and in actual fact on saturday I, it's very sad that i was this excited about this but someone had actually put put a pull request in for one of our code samples on github so um, we've got a bunch of really good meaty samples that um, kind of show talking to multiple different apis in a, either a windows 8 app or maybe an android app and, and there's a lot more coming i guess my request to people listening is if you do have any great app samples and office 365 api samples that you would like to share and you want a large audience um, Naturally, we're going to be pushing our GitHub repo of Office Dev, um, but also on dev.office.com, we'll we'll have a code sample directory where we'll be promoting community stuff that's sitting in Coplex and GitHub and wherever else it might be hosted as well. So um, definitely reach out to us, and we'll make sure we've got the contact details in the show notes if you'd like a, a repo in the Office Dev organizational area as well. Not yeah. only that, but you can also go to um, userboice.com, to the yeah. ODP user voice. Um, and you can actually request uh, guidance or particular samples be developed, and we as a team could triage those and then yeah. actually get those up on the code samples. Yeah, I have seen since the TechEd uh, conference where we launched the, um, the Cordova support in the Visual Studio project uh, type, where we actually have Office 365 APIs in there when you do the right-click add connections. There's already been a request there for a code sample around that, so publishing to Android, iOS, Windows Phone from one project. Um, and so there's a, a project that was demoed in the keynote called the Woodgrove project, which was around the calendaring 
and I think they demoed it in the Android live in the keynote mm -hmm. um, we're right in the process of right now of getting that into GitHub as well so you'll be able to pull down that project and compile that and run that on your own machine which is pretty cool as well very exciting stuff and that has a Azure mobile services back end to it as well so it's a good real world media sample showing leveraging the Office 365 services but also other tech as well yeah I'm looking forward to seeing what people submit back to us right? yeah, yeah it's one thing us you know putting samples out there and 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 you know apps that we've we develop but uh, it's gonna be interesting to see people take those fork the fork the repo make their own uh, changes to it add features to the samples and things like that and then submit pull requests yeah. to us to, to yeah. take those changes back I like to see them as like kind of that we're seeding the community with a few kind of like baseline projects and then they yeah. can take them for their user groups or SharePoint Saturdays and just add an additional feature and yeah, if we know we we're provide, not going to get to everything, right? Right, so right. We might even provide some user stories in there to kind of give them some ideas of what they could do on each of the projects. That's probably a good way moving forward. Okay, and then just to wrap up, I thought I'd do something a little bit fun. And uh, these guys are staring at me going, oh my God, what is he going to ask? Because I did not prime them for this. But um, one thing we're doing, there's an internal conference called Tech Ready, where the field come and they visit us and um, we, we're going to basically ramp them up on all, all the new things on Office 365. But one of the sessions we have in there is a, um, an Office Store demo um, session where we're all kind of nominated to go and pick an app that they, um, that they, they feel that they can pitch well and, um, and shout from the rooftops as a, a good way of demonstrating the power of the platform. Mm. So um, I'll, I'll go first, which gives these guys a little bit of time to think of which one they, they think is um, a good one to you know, celebrate this. But for me, um, I really like the Poll Everywhere app right now. Um, and they've both gone, damn, because I think they're both going to say the same thing. <laughs> um, and it is very cautious that you can't keep using the same demo over and over again in the different demos you do to customers and development community stuff. But um, Poll Everywhere is, is great. You can go and grab it in the PowerPoint uh, client. Just go at, um, click on the store app and pull it down. What it allows you to do is um, pull back from their server, which is, I believe, it's not running on uh, Windows Azure. It's running in, is it PHP or it's um, Ruby? I think it's Ruby-based. Ruby-based backend. So again, it highlights the power of the fact that you don't have to be on the Microsoft stack to build for the platform. But the, the power of it in a demo, especially if you're at a uh, conference, is that you can put up a poll and people can either go to the Poll Everywhere website or they can vote via text on their phones. And in real time in the PowerPoint deck, you'll see the votes going up and down for the various things that you're, um, you've got from your different points on the poll. So um, if you haven't checked out that app, I'd highly recommend uh, next time you've got PowerPoint open, just clicking on that store app and, um, um, and, and having a look at that because it's very easy to just kind of add to the, your slide and get that going. Mm. So um, I'll look to CJ first. Uh, what, what, what one do you like the most and, and from a power for on the platform perspective? I think um, Nintex Forms and Nintex Workflow are probably are, um, two phenomenal applications, not only because they're tightly integrated with one another, but also the sort of the features and the capabilities that they leverage of the platform. So. Nintex uh, Forms obviously lets you create, you know, web-based in a web-based, uh, sorry, in a browser, going designing forms and entering data and so forth, and then submitting that into SharePoint. And then obviously once you've collected information, the next thing you typically want to do is go run some sort of process on it. And so uh, Workflow um, kicks in, can kick in then, Nintex Workflow. Uh, and then you go and, again, browser-based designer for a really robust uh, workflow tool and, um, and so that can go work on that data and, and integrates with all sorts of different systems. Um, there's a system called Nintex Live to, to, uh, 
that they um, ship a lot of new actions uh, every month, it seems. They're adding new actions for your workflows uh, that can really, um, you know, you can build out very robust sort of business processes on that. And the other reason I, uh, the other reason I, I, um, I picked them is that uh, they were a, they were one of SharePoint's largest ISVs uh, for the last, goodness knows how many years, 10 years, I suppose. Yeah. Um, and they've really, they've really shown the way to, um, or they've really led the way, I should say, to the cloud from the ISV, uh, from the ISV world. And, yeah. and um, you know, right at launch had products ready for uh, Office 365 or very, very shortly after there. And uh, they've moved or are moving a, a, um, a big traditionally on-prem business to the cloud. Yeah. And that's also very um, great to see. Cool. And Sonia? Um, I would have to say DocuSign. I yeah. think they've shown a phenomenal way of stretching the app model with not only their app for Outlook, but also the app in Word, um, and just showing the power of how it can transition so quickly between the various clients and really be available for the user wherever they are yeah. and whatever context they need to use them, the, the app in. Um, but also because it's such a um, ubiquitous use case, right? I mean, I think you'll find it in not only the business environment, but you'll find it in the personal environment as well. You're, there's always going to be some thing that you need to sign digitally and send right. back, and it just makes it very seamless and um, very quick process. Yeah. yeah, I'm selling my house at the moment, and uh, just this weekend I wished that the um, that the, the crowd that sent me all these documents <laughs> to sign were using DocuSign because... Highlighting where you actually have mm -hmm. to sign in the document. Right, yeah. right. And all the fields I had to fill out and all that sort of stuff. And they were literally expecting me to print the documents, you know, sign them in ink and send them back. And that just made me cringe. Yeah, I, actually, <laughs> um, we signed our house sale documents incorrectly in Australia and I had to go through like a three-week process of re-signing them all and resending them through. So I would have loved DocuSign at that point too. Exactly. It just makes it so much easier. Yeah. yeah. So so on um, um, shows in the future, we'll actually have the ISVs on the shows um, and we'll be talking to them about some of the key points that they learned as they went through the process of learning to build for the platform. So if you're listening and you've got a product in the store or you're looking to go in the store and you'd like to be on the show, um, in the show notes, you'll be able to reach out to us to request to be on the show, and it'd be great to, for the listeners to hear about your journey as you've uh, learned the platform and, and what, what some of the features you've, you've really kind of made shine in your products based on plugging into what we've got available on the platform. So a big thanks to um, CJ and, uh, and, and Sonia and the Invisible Dave, who's unfortunately at show this week. Um, but yes. we'll definitely get Dave back and talk about what the ISVs are doing um, in this space. So um, thanks again for being on the, the, the debut show. Uh, we'll be shipping these things weekly through um, blogs.office.com, WACDEV. And you can grab it on the Windows Phone um, store and um, via the iTunes store and the Android store as well. So and follow us on Twitter poison. at yeah. Office Dev. At Office Dev and dev.office.com. And again, we'll have a bunch of links that you can get to through the um, through the show. And um, I've created a group in the external Yammer network as well where you can go and ask your questions and we will we'll try and answer them on the show the best we can as well. So thanks again, guys, and yeah. um, uh, thanks for listening, and we'll see you in the next show. Thanks again for listening. Make sure you check out dev.office.com for all of your Office 365 developer needs. All links from the show are in the blog posts available on blogs.office.com like dev, where you can find the latest news about Office 365. If you have any other ideas for the show or any questions you want to ask, please join us on our Yammer network in the Office 365 technical network. Have a great week, guys, and keep coding on the Office 365 platform.